Hey folks, and welcome to Drinking Alone with Friends, a podcast where three friends drink alone together. My name's Chris. What up? It's Todd. And I'm Obert. Hey, do you guys like beer? Uh, I've been known to have a beer or two in the past. Cool. I've never had one. Well, Todd, do I have what a podcast it? for you? What What is a beer? <laughs> this podcast, it's about three friends who drink alone together from three different three different states who grew up together where we uh we review beers and you could try them yourself if you can find them sounds like a great podcast yeah they even do the three-handled bit at the end it's awesome what, what is a what is a three-handled bit how does that oh uh, you'll, you'll find out at the end oh yeah find out yeah do they have like a really cool like sound effect at the end like some guy playing a gong or something well so so um in the interest of uh a beer reviewing podcast how does this work um well one of the three hosts drinks a beer and then they talk about it and then they guess they rate it and then they guess what the world thinks it's rated and um they usually laugh and learn along the way i think that's also part so can, of, of the podcast so can you show me an example of how this would work yeah you want me to just get right into it sure yeah like like how would this happen on the podcast okay like hypothetically let's say me obert the co-host <laughs> of this very real podcast which we are currently recording drinking alone with friends <laughs> Is drinking a beer called the Campfire Stout from High Water Brewing. Oh, that's a it's very unique that you just had a beer sitting right next to you. I know, right? I like the bear. Yeah, it says it leaves you wanting some more. It's a stout brewed with graham crackers and molasses with natural flavor added. Does it say some more like S apostrophe M O R E? Oh, you know it does. <laughs> <laughs> well, the only question I have is how do you have s'more if you haven't had any already? That's a good point. You know, it's like, I don't know if it's like quite like a chicken and the egg or a catch 22, but how do you, who had the first s'more and what did they call it? You know, was it just like, right? like, oh, try this chocolatey marshmallowy sandwich. <laughs> wow. That came out really good. I want what some more. We, okay. You, you talk about your beer. I'm going to look up the history of the word s'more and I'm going to learn people. I would guess the Girl Scouts named it. Why, uh, why is that? That the, seems so like exact. Well, I mean, it's okay. What are Girl Scouts known for? Their desserts, right? And also camping. So I imagine they're the ones who created the s'more. If you are right, okay, I will send so, you a beer. Oh well, no one knows. This is this is a very quick. Uh, I'm a genius intelligence search. Um, and no one knows for sure who invented the s'more. However, the first published recipe for some mores. Some mores, two words, was a 1927 publication called Tramping and Trailing. The Girl Scout Guide to Camping. With the Girl Scouts. Wait, no, really? Yeah, for real. No! (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Loretta Scott Crew, who made them for Ghoul Scouts by Campfire, is given credit for the recipe. So, Obert was was right. (laughs) Wow, I totally pulled that out of my butt. I was not even... That's crazy. It just sounds so stupid. No, but the logic was sound, though, right? Like, you can't deny that. If there's one thing Girl Scouts known for, it's their desserts. From foodandwine.com, hang on. From foodandwine.com, it says, The history of s'mores, ancient Greeks, Girl Scouts, and one very puritanical minister. Well, he's the guy who invented graham crackers. I no. I always confuse the story with, with graham crackers and um, uh, cornflakes, but I think they were invented to stop teenage boys from masturbating. Wait, what? Yeah, you'd have to read the whole article, but 
I think that's the story yeah. behind graham crackers. Really? Yeah, we don't have time to get into that on the podcast, but uh, just trust oh, me on that one. Okay. <laughs> Todd's going to read about graham crackers while I tell you all about the campfire stout. One early published recipe for their s'more is found in the book of recipes published campfire mar- by the Campfire Marshmallows Company in the 1920s, where it was called a graham cracker sandwich. Okay. The so text that was... indicates the treat was already popular by the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. Oh, I'm going to really have to send Obert some beer. (laughs) (laughs) So this... Anyways. This is from High Water Brewing Company out of San Jose, California. This is a 2014 and 2016 gold medal Great American Beer Fest specialty beer winner. It also got the bronze medal at the World Beer Cup in 2018. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I have a uh, Bomber 22-ounce bottle here on the pod. You said it's a stout, right? Yeah, it's a campfire stout. I don't get a lot of smoky aroma, but I do get that sweet stout flavor, you know, like maybe like a vanilla bean stout or something like that. You um, kind of has a signature smell. I almost think like the Lion Kugel's Snowdrift Vanilla Porter smells like this. Mm, That's a good one. Yeah, it's a tasty one. Um, Maybe my favorite winter beer, but I don't know. Oh, by the way, bad, bad, bad sound engineer guy. Oh. Right. I'm I'm so glad. I was I was stuck. I know. I was stuck on graham crackers. Yeah. So digging in, again, like not a lot of head, kind of typical stout looking here. Uh as I taste it, I for sure get the smoky flavors that you would expect in a stout called a campfire stout. It doesn't strongly evoke the flavor of a s'more. I don't know. I actually I hadn't had a s'more in a long time until recently I had some s'mores with like these like specialty marshmallows and there's the different flavors i had a toasted i had a toasted coconut marshmallow with a white i had a couple different specialty chocolates but i had a, a a white chocolate with potato chip and sea salt mixed in like on the graham cracker no in the mixed into the chocolate and just your regular uh honey made uh graham cracker but so it, was, it sound, sounds like you really laxed on the graham cracker there yeah, you know, it's like if you're going to have a crazy pizza, you still got to have the crust, you know? Mm, good point. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but you went so far to ha- to do everything else so different. Well, okay, instead of a like graham a, cracker, I used a piece of pita bread. Well, like, <laughs> like an artisanal like gra- an artisanal graham cracker with like, I don't know, pop rocks in it would have been better. Mm, interesting. Would it have though? Yeah. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> anyway, back to the beer review. Yeah, I definitely get the strong smoky roasted malts you get that um you know i think even on the dark malt side there's a continuum from like chocolatey on one end and this definitely is more on the other extreme where it's like almost a burnt malt like it's very very you get that ashy smoky flavor in the malts for sure Mm. in terms of a sweetness reminiscent of like a marshmallow ah i don't really get a ton of that like i said i get the Earthy malts and the, the smoky malts much more so, but I do get a little bit of chocolatey malts as well. You know, I think with a label like this, like, you know, the campfire stout with the bear roasting a marshmallow over a fire, you can kind of, I don't want to say trick yourself, but you kind of evoke more of those s'more flavors. But if you put this in just like a regular label or you called it like a vanilla stout or, you know, anything like that, I wouldn't really necessarily pull out the s'mores flavors per se but as it warms up um i see the tie between the sweet molasses and the marshmallow 
Uh, I've never had a beer labeled a s'mores beer before, but this is pretty close. Um, I'm going to give this a three and a half. It didn't blow me away. Didn't suck. It's uh, it's a beer. I, I don't think this is the first beer I've ever had from High Water. I won't go out of my way to get them again. Uh, I've never even heard of them, so they don't seem to be... Even though they did win some medals, it doesn't sound like I'm missing out on any of their beers. So mm. I think the untapped diverse is probably going to be near me with like a 362. So I'm surprised that you that it's as low as you have it because the, the uh, untapped diverse is much higher. Oh, yeah? At a 54,000 check-ins, hmm. it's a 4.03. Wow. Yeah, I feel like I've reviewed a lot of beers that I've had very low numbers of check-ins and beers that have had high numbers of check-ins and i was expecting this to be more in like the like one to five k reviews but then again if it's a san jose beer i'm getting it all the way here in montana i guess it's got to be everywhere mm, yeah so That's yeah interesting keep keep an eye out this would certainly be a good beer to have if you're making s'mores it'd be a good one to drink especially when i go camping pro tip for all you campers out there i buy stouts because you if if it's cold out, you really can get away without having a cooler. You know, you can get away with like a fifty degree stout. You know, what if it's like eighty five out? Uh, yeah. Okay. I guess if you live in a place where it doesn't get to be that cold at night, <laughs> you might have more problems. But uh, you know, it, here in Montana, it's reasonable to to pick up a twelve pack in the afternoon and uh, be drinking it at ten o'clock at night, and it's still be cold enough to drink even in right. the summer. But have you thought about what if it was a hundred and twenty degrees out? Um, this wouldn't be a bad beer. I'm going to say there, this, <laughs> if it's 120 degrees out, a campfire stout would probably be the last thing you'd want to drink. What if it was 212 degrees out? Um, that'd be the temperature of this beer if you threw it in a fire. So I don't know. <laughs> that'd be if you tried to literally toast this campfire stout. You put it on the end of a stick. Yeah. <laughs> Raise it up to a nice, a nice roiling 212, dunk your marshmallow in it and go to town. There you go. Pro tip. What? Would this be a good um, French pressing beer? Ooh, you know that's a good question. I um, I have them every now and then. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a good good thought. I think if you French pressed this beer with Oreo, that would be a good one. That would be. A what good if you mix. French pressed it with other s'mores ingredients? Yeah, I could see that. I mean, the graham cracker would French press really well. Um, more so than I think. Maybe I mean marshmallow. That seems like it would might dissolve a little bit. Um, chocolate too why not for some reason i'm thinking sure. like kit kat might be another good thing to french press this Ooh. Hmm. maybe that crispy candy on the inside of a kit kat would complement the uh maybe like the drier malts that i'm getting like the more english style malts hmm. that would be interesting um but good good thought todd all right todd what do you got for us this week? So this week, um, I found something interesting in the package store, so I decided to bring it to the podcast. I've never heard of this brewery before. Apparently, they're out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I like that town. Um, the brewery is... It is a very interesting town. It's a very hipsterish town. Um, this The brewery is called Progression Brewing Company. Oh, I've never heard of that. And the beer, the beer that I'm drinking is called Upward. Huh. Hmm. I've been drinking in Northampton, and i got to say that this brewery i don't think existed when i lived in connecticut yeah i don't think it did either i've i've drank in northampton before too and i've never heard of this brewery uh i saw it at total wine and i said you know what why not i've never heard of them so might as well try their beer yeah. they i bought i bought three of their beers all their beers are the same exact label except for their different colors so i have one that's 
called Further, which is green. One that's called Onward, which is golden. And this one's Upward, which is purple. Hmm. It gives me very much uh, like a bearded iris vibe. Look, just for some reason you held that up, and that's the first thing that popped into my head, this bearded iris. Like their I- cans kind of look like that. I hope you're right, because that would be awesome. That would be awesome. I guess for you, more so than for me. It's very far away from my house. Oh, boy. Wow. Oh, boy. Wow. Maybe I should go. Holy shit. <laughs> go for the nose grease. No, nose grease. Nose grease. Give it a real good smell taste. Get that nose flavor. The smell flavor. You know what? It kind of smells like bearded iris. This is my surprisingly deceptive alchemist glass. That really fits a 16-ounce beer? No way. Oh, yep. wow. It looks like it holds four ounces. Uh, I know. It looks so small. I'm aware. The world record for the most number of nonstop push-ups is, what's your guess? 12. No one's ever done more than 12. I heard somebody got 12 and a half once. They just couldn't go back up. <laughs> Going down is the easy part. Uh, uh, I'm going to say 2,000. I'm going to say 1167. Um, you were off by a factor of 10. Oh, 10,507. In a row? In, like, in a lifetime? Yeah. Mitoru Yoshida, October 1980, and no one has beat it since. Obviously. 10,000 in a row? Nonstop. 10,500. How? Okay. So I assume I assume this guy was pretty good at push-ups. <laughs> you <know>? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. So, some would say he was halfway decent. So like, how quickly can someone do a push-up? Like a second? Like maybe? Right. That's yeah, one yeah. per second. It's... 175 minutes. Okay. All right. But you figure, like, towards the end, he's got to be doing some heavy breathing and, uh, you know, maybe they take 10 seconds or 15 seconds. I can't believe that he's staying in, like, a plank position that entire time. Yeah. So if that was one per second, that would be three hours. I would. Right. I can't imagine the record for a plank being, like, three hours. Look up what the record for a plank is. Okay. For a high plank. What's the. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. World record like, plank That's hold. ridiculous. Oh my goodness. Oh god. <laughs> okay. First of all, this guy was 62 years old. Damn. Trained his entire life for it. A- any guesses? He was also a marine uh, and a DEA well, special agent. Said, if you said holy shit, I'm gonna say six hours 42 minutes. I'm I'm going. I'm gonna go high. I'm going 16 hours 29 minutes. Eight hours 15 minutes and 15 seconds. Damn, that's a long ass plank. I can't watch Why? TV for that long. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. I could not sit on the couch and watch TV for eight hours and fifteen minutes. <laughs> that's a good. I mean, I, I I've done it. I could. How, I can do that. How do you ever get to the point where you're like, you know, what? Without, I think I could probably without go getting over up to hours. pee. Yeah. Right. You just well, wet yourself. At that not, point, you just wet yourself. Not only that, but like, like, when was like the first time you're like, you know what? I'm gonna hold a plank for an hour. I know, right? Right. You know yeah, Screw right. that. I'm going to go pull the plank for two hours. Eight and a half times. No, that's unreal because I remember when I was, I did this program and planking it, was part of it. And like, it got to the point where I could, I could do like a two minute plank. And I was like, fuck yeah, I'm, that's awesome. I'm a beast, you know? And fucking eight hours. Well, I just have to say like, okay, let's imagine you can hold a plate plank for eight hours, 15 minutes and 15 seconds. That implies, so one of two things is true, right? Either you can hold a plank for six hours with no pain and discomfort whatsoever, or you have over two hours of pain <laughs> to break the record, right? Like, what do you feel like six hours into breaking this record? Right. 
What oh, do you God. do for those eight hours while you're holding that plank? You meditate, man. I think that's why that'd be it. I think you just have to like it has to be dr- dr- to just just get out of the get in a different zone for sure. But sixty-two years old, that's insane. That's pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, I uh, man, I that's crazy. People are way more in shape than I am. You can watch it on. You can watch it on YouTube. I wonder if it's a full eight-hour-long video. <laughs> when did he do it? Um, he did it. So this is posted February twenty-fourth, twenty twenty. It says here he all while using his phone, having full conversations, and watching multiple presentations to pass the time. So not meditating, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he was watching TV just. Yeah, he put the TV yeah, underneath him. A strict fitness routine, which saw him complete six hundred seventy-four thousand sit-ups and two hundred seventy thousand push-ups. Leading up to the big day, he completed a total of two thousand one hundred hours in the plank position. And for the record, that's more hours than I work in a year. <laughs> he trained for an average of seven hours a day. It's four to five hours a day in the plank pose. Then I do seven hundred push-ups a day, two thousand sit-ups a day in sets of a hundred. Okay, so I'm glad he takes some breaks. 500 squats a day, 300 arm curls a day. So you said he did this in 2020? Yeah. Oh, so he has an answer to your question. When it gets tough, you know what I do? I turn that music up so loud you think you're at a rock concert. I always had a fantasy of being a rock star back in the 80s. And at least for those eight hours, 15 minutes, and 15 seconds, I was a rock star. We got to say this guy's name, George Hood. George Hood, congratulations. Here from here of us <laughs> drinking alone with friends. Uh, we'll send you, we'll send you, if you write in, we'll send you a, 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 a plaque or something. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. During his planking we'll, we'll session, get you, we'll get you on. Listen to Van Halen and R- Romstein. <laughs> well, that's quite the mix. Oh, so but, I was George Hood. If you write in, I will send you a beer. Yeah, in 2016, he tried to break the former record holder, which was eight hours, one minute, and one second. By time, he smashed that record. Yeah, for sure. And he previously completed a 10-hour, 10-minute plank during a trial run in 2018, which maybe it wasn't like recorded or something or like didn't meet the rules but uh that's insane and to any of our inspired female listeners the women's record is a mere four hours 19 minutes and 55 seconds so if you're one of our one of our female listeners who likes to hold a plank while watching one of the lord of the rings movies um you're close (laughs) (laughs) easy that's easy and i mean to finish this off real quick it just says to prove his strength even more, he finished off the record breaking challenge, right? So this is he did his time. He finished off with seventy-five push ups. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine you break the record? You're like, Okay, I got fifteen minutes on the record. Let me just do seventy five push ups real quick. Right. Wow. I mean he like, almost watched all three of the Lord of the Rings movies while Yeah, right. In a plank position. But I mean, like, I guess I am wondering, though, like, if he could do, still do 75 push-ups and all that stuff, like, why do he lay up, you know? Why why not go for gold? Why not, well, why not hit 10 Well, I think at a certain point, just, like, moving off of your forearms and elbows to the plank, I mean, to, like, to a push-up. Oh, I but, guess that's true. You know, maybe, but I don't know, still, for your abs, whew, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Wait, so oh, was, well. this a, was this a low plank or a high plank? Um... It says here, the plank requires a strong core as individuals to rest on their forearms and hold their bodies on their toes. So I'm assuming a low plank. Interesting. So I wonder what the world record is for a high plank. When you're just on your 
palms, basically. Right. Yeah. I don't know. That's huh. for next time. Are you thinking about setting it? I, no. <laughs> I wonder if I wonder if there's like I know there's world records for everything, but now that we're talking about it, I wonder if there's like a record that's like so weird because I mean there's the most obscure things in the record book, right? For like the world that maybe no man. one has. Cl- <laughs> <laughs> Like maybe no one has said it yet, so you can like sneak into the record book as like the first record holder. You know. Well, like I said, think of what I want to do the world's longest podcast. There you go. But that's already been done. It's fifty-three straight hours, and it's recognized. I'm talking like world's longest mariachi band playing. I don't know, like something like or that, like where you're like, I want to make this a record. You also have to pay Guinness a shit ton of money to to be listed in their book. You could say the word achoo 375 times in a row, and that's probably the record for the most times. Somebody's ever said the word achoo in a See, row. See, there you go. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking right. about. Right. Overt's thinking. Right. <laughs> How do we get, let me see, most times saying achoo in a row. I mean, Chris, it sounds like you can sit and watch TV for a really long time. So what's the world record for sitting and watching TV? You guys ever see the episode of Even Steven where he tried to set the record for the longest time laying in bed? No. No. It was a good one. No. Shia LaBeouf. So tell us more about your beer beer here, (laughs) Todd. Yeah. So it is a golden straw colored. So on the nose, I get a lot of uh, citrus, more uh, more particularly uh, pineapple and, uh, and some grapefruit. I uh, still haven't gotten my nose all the way in it, so that's that's a bonus. <laughs> Other than that, it smells. When Chris said it, it kind of looks and reminds him of a um, bearded Irish type beer. It kind of smells like a home style beer, so it's kind of got that that um what's it that skunky smell to it. That kind of like it's slightly too old for to be a New England style IPA, but it's still gonna be really really good. You know what I mean? Like home style was never yeah. the juiciest of things. Right, right, right. So uh, let's let's take a sip. So it's definitely malty, but it does have some does have some grapefruit characteristics to it. Tell us more. I'm trying to evaluate an opinion here. Um. All right. So yeah. So it's very grapefruity. It's got a. It's definitely um malty. It kind of tastes like if you let like a treehouse beer sit for you know a few months in your fridge. This is what it would taste like. It's it's only been it's only like three weeks old. Oh wow. So it, it's yeah. relatively new. Um. No, it's a, it's a good beer. I could see this, Chris. I think you hit the nail on the head. Before the beer was even poured, which I, I think is pretty shocking. You had like a Tud Cleo moment there. Um, just based on the label, you you decided to to call it out. But yeah, it's exactly what it is. It tastes, it almost tastes eerily similar to what I remember a home style tasting like. Where it wasn't, mm. it didn't blow me away when I had the home style, but it's just kind of like, it's a good flagship beer. It's, right, right. It's not overly juicy. It's not overly sweet. It's not, it's not overly smooth it's kind of got a little bit of a bite to it it's you know a little grapefruity you know kind of overpowering malt bill on the back end um you know it's earthy i guess is kind of the the flavor i'm going for there but it is a smooth drinkable beer it's not overly smooth but it's but it's not like harsh um it weighs in at 7.2 percent abv uh it's 67.2 ibu and a 4.19 srm hmm i mean it just looks like one. So yeah. Maybe I mean, I'm it, like Tud Cleo, but with cans. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it. so the can describes it as hazy, soft, and juicy. A double New England IPA featuring mango, stone fruit, watermelon, blueberries with a sub- subtle grassy pine and lemon rind and clementine undertones. I'll tell you this. I don't get, I don't get 
any of that except for the pine, really, that's listed on this. I don't taste blueberries. I don't taste watermelon. I don't taste mango. I don't taste stone fruit. Um, maybe a little lemon rind, but even then, not really. Um, maybe this beer is like really good fresh, and it just took a while to get canned because, um, for whatever reason, it just took a while to get canned. I don't know. I'm gonna give this. It's not bad enough to be a three point five, but it's not good enough to be a three seven five. Well, that's. The but I feel like now. I. I feel like I have to give it a 3.75 because it's not worth burying down to the three and a half range. Um, you really think three I'm and a half is a that bad, huh? If, so if I rated a three and a half, if I were to ever see this again out in the wild, I would look it up and I'd be like, eh, and I would never order it again. But I'd also be willing to give this another shot to see if maybe it just, maybe it was old, maybe it was maybe the beer was old before it went to the can. I, I don't know. But okay. it's, it, it feels, it tastes like it has the ability to be like, a wow style beer. If does that make sense? Yeah, I guess that I kind of only makes it the more even more disappointing for me. It it definitely does. I'm very disappointed that that I feel like this has potential because it's so it's described so well. It's kind of got those tastes in there, but I like it. I'm not going to stop drinking it either. I mean, a three and a half. I would you know I'd start to debate not finishing if that makes sense. No, it doesn't make sense. Are you just, are you talking about not finishing a beer? Well, that's that's a th- this is this is where the untapped scale is all screwed up, especially in the Northeast. I don't I don't have enough shitty beers to say I'm not going to finish this. And usually, you would say a shitty beer would be you know a one. Um, well, that's the thing, right? Like, even though you might prefer drinking a New England IPA over like a plain pale ale, that doesn't mean it's a higher rating in my mind. You know, and like we get into like there's a lot of subtleties in this, like right. So even if you'd be like, oh, I this has more hops than a pale ale and more flavors in it than a pale ale it might not necessarily earn a higher rating unless it's a barley wine nobody likes those i like barley wines <laughs> as i'll repeat yeah. unless it's a barley wine nobody likes those okay so i looked searched up what's the brewery upward from who upward by progression brewing company i'm gonna say that untapped rates this uh Three nine seven. Oh man, I thought you were gonna get it again. Well, not again. I thought you were gonna get it for the first time. You did not. Um, fun fact: according to this, this is no longer in production. According to Untapped. Oh um, well, that's always good. Yeah. So, uh, out of one thousand nine hundred ninety-nine check-ins, so you know, get on you're that. Going to be the two thousand. Yeah, get on that. Get get number two thousand. Um, it is a three point nine two. So. Oh, so that's, You're, that's I was close, and it's that's pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder if it is just an older can, and maybe it was a little better when it was fresh. You know what? I'm gonna give this. I'm gonna give this brewery another chance someday. Next time I'm in Northampton, I'm gonna go check it out. Good. I'm and happy so for- and so with that, we're gonna hand the uh, the the spotlight over to Chris. All right. So today I'm bringing a can that is a, a collaboration between two of my. Well, one of my favorite breweries, and one brewery that I've not had before. And so one of your arch nemesis breweries. <laughs> Treehouse and Stony Creek. Oh, no, not Stony Creek. Uh, no, this is, uh, uh, let me see, Burial Brewing uh, did a collab with True Brewing Company, um, and it's called Freme? I think it's pronounced Frame. No, I'm kidding. I don't know. Free? It's like cream, but with an F. F-R-E-M-E, but the... The, the last E has a little 
thingy above it. A doodad. I think that's what they're called. Um, I think it's, I think there's a technical term that Obert wants to tell us what it's called. An accent? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> there's a. I thought there was an actual word before, but maybe it isn't. There is. What's the um, swiggly thing over like the ends? What are the? That's what's an. That called? That's an enye. That's a tilde. Tilda. But this is not a tilde. So this, this is just the accent. So this must this must be an, a Matilda. But it's a Matilda. That doesn't make sense. But anyway. So this is the frame. Uh this is the frame. Uh and it's got awesome can art as always. It's a pale ale. Um it says Leaf International on it, and I don't know what that's oh. Uh, this beer is for the prettiest champion of the battle, the masked walkers of the night, the keepers of the beat, and the feathered dancers of Super Sunday. And 100% of the profit goes to ha- goes to keep them parading, jamming, and sustaining one of our greatest cultures. Learn more about Leaf Feather Fund at theleaf.org. So, um, so yeah, so it's supposed to raise money for some feather fund the leaf, leaf feather fund so the leaf is a global arts company is a non-profit organization building community connecting cultures and enriching lives through the arts locally and globally with festivals community events and arts and education programs nice very yeah. cool so it's good to see a beer that gives back and supports the arts. They've got they're doing expeditions in Guatemala and Costa Rica. They're at a Black Mountain, North Carolina. Oh, I've been there. I've been through there more so. But um, as is there, always, is like, there a Black burial Mountain? beers, bez, burial beers in general just have like awesome can art, and this does not disappoint. Yeah, that um, is definitely a, a burial style can. Yeah, yeah, their their can art's amazing. Um, so. You know, I, I took a sniff of it as I, I before I poured it. It smells really good. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, but you're looking at it. You got not not too not too much of a head. A little bit of a head. Um, dark orange color uh, and hazy. Can't see through it at all. Not even a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I'm pretty excited. I'm excited to. I mean, when you give it a when you give it a whiff, it smells like a just a straight up burial uh, pale ale. Um, which I I don't think I've ever been disappointed by. This was brewed in their facility in Asheville, so I miss burial. I still think about ordering There's... their beer for deliver. Yeah, that delivery. Beer is so yeah, good. I know. I miss them. It too. It is really good. There's like a really good um, when you smell it, you get a really good sweetness on it. Um, uh, I can't really pick up what it is right now, but it you it, nice nice sweetness. So let's see if what it tastes like. Oh, hang on, I'm supposed to do this. Hmm. Uh, so it's a good beer, which I think you come to expect from a burial beer. It's different though. I'm trying to pick up what I'm tasting and I, I just, I just, I don't think my mouth is smart enough. Um, you get a lot of, you get, it's a de- it's decently bitter at the beginning. Um, but then it does sweeten up at the end with something and I don't know what it is. Okay. Well, let me see. Try one more again. Cinnamon, molasses, maple syrup. No, no, none of that. Sugar. You're you're, con- you're confusing my mouth by talking. <laughs> I can't. My mouth can't focus if you talk. <laughs> mm, like a fruit. Berries. Right, anyway, raspberries, blueberries, um, fruit berries, mango. Pizza. It's not an watermelon. Orange. Stone fruit. Tangerine. Clementine. I don't think you're helping. I'm thinking it might be clementine. Maybe you are. But I don't know. It's so hard. It's so hard for me to pinpoint right now. But it's it's very good though. Um. Not my favorite burial beer. I'll start by saying that. Not bad by any means. Um, it just it's 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 just it's a little weird. I don't uh, the aftertaste that you have from it is that that mystery flavor that I can't think of right now. And uh, it's not it's not my favorite. It, it's 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 a good beer. Um, 
but very well made otherwise. So in the the aftertaste, there is maybe a tad bit of maltiness, nothing too crazy. Um, it's a good beer. I think I've definitely had better beers from them, uh, especially when they're more of a golden straw color than like a dark orange color. Um, but it, it's a solid beer. Uh, I'm gonna give this a. Th- I'm gonna give this a three seven five. Um, I think whatever that fruit is is not working for me in this beer right now. If it is even whatever that flavor is, I should say, because it's gonna drive me nuts now. <laughs> well, Burial has a Treme Pale Ale with a TR. Maybe that's what it doesn't look like Treme. Well, no, I'm saying yeah, that tr- there's um. Oh yes, that is with the spirits. This guy. Yes. Yeah, it's with a T. Oh, well, it's very, <laughs> no, it's a very funky looking tea. It is. Tea. It's a tea, but the bottom has a weird swoop that makes it look like an F. So what do you think the Untappediverse, all 395 people think this beer is rated? Uh, I know it's going to be high. I think it's going to be a 4.16. Not that high. 391. Okay. Okay. All right. Oh, wow. That's a low one for Barry. Yeah. 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 Maybe it was... I don't know. It's uh, there's something about it. it's not bad beer, but it's just it's it's not my it's not my bag. It's it's, it's not funny bag, because we baby. talk sometimes about you know there being hot pipe and all that, but for a lot of these all star breweries, the people who rate them on Untapped have just dis- very discerning palates, right? So I think there's kind of a give and take to like the hot pipe of a treehouse. Well, at the same time, a lot of people who are going to treehouse really enjoy good beer, so it's. So even though they might be rated higher because they have such a strong name, they also are rated by few people who have high standards. I wonder if they're hiring. Burial or? I swear to God, Chris. Bur- what? Uh, if you had to take a pay cut, I'd help subsidize the difference. <laughs> as long as you get this satisfied that's, with beer. That's good to know. I mean, they, they do have two locations. I mean, if you get too. beer at cost and sell it to me for a retail price. <laughs> that's basically... <laughs> Give myself a raise. You know what? You you get that job, and I'll just move down there, and you can support me too. <laughs> More incentive for Chris. Wait, <laughs> how does that how does that benefit me at all? You get to I hang out with me all day. Wow, I can't believe how the time has gone by, but it is time already <laughs> for that. Time flies when you're just sitting in a plane. Exactly, position. exactly. <laughs> when you're... Just ask George Hood. Yeah. Thank you, George Hood. He's my handle of the week. No, it is time to end the episode like we do every week with our three handles of our Frosty Mug of Wisdom, where we recommend things we like, things that have made our lives better, uh, stuff we enjoy to you, our, our listeners, our friends, our family, our drinking buddies. Test your handle. Test your handle. Mug of Wisdom! Drink. Mug of Wisdom! Todd, why don't you go first this week? Sure. Um. So this week, my handle is a tool for people who want to practice golf in their backyard, but they maybe don't want to hit a real golf ball and either have to chase it into the woods or risk breaking a window or, you know, whatever. The normal things that you're concerned about when you hit a golf ball in your backyard. 
Sure. There's this item um, called birdie balls. Are these like the wiffle ball golf balls? They are not the wiffle ball. So I hate those freaking things. Those things break and they never <laughs> they never fly right. And you can never know if you actually hit the golf ball right. Because, you know, wiffle balls are naturally wild. And so are the, the plastic golf balls. So the wiffle golf balls suck. These are, these are the good ones. Correct. These are better. These are what they're like. Picture like a PVC pipe that you took like an inch and a half, you know, deep cut of and chopped it, you know, chopped off them in an inch and a half slices. And then you put that, the, the two open slices, or you put the open slice on the ground. So you have open air on the top and open air on the bottom, but it's a circle, you know, on the side. You look like, you, you look like you're confused. I am so lost. What diameter pipe are we okay. talking here? <laughs> like just a normal standard, like PVC pipe. Like a two inch just, pipe. A one and a half inch yeah, pipe. Yeah, just a yeah. So one you and a cut half it into pipe. two U sections, and you make like an Ultima no, online logo. See, it's, so it's a circle. So PVC <laughs> pipes, PVC pipes naturally a circle. You cut it into right? slices. You cut it into slices, like you're slicing bread. Oh, lengthwise, you know I mean? so circular, so circles. Okay. Correct. So you, you cut them about you know an inch and a half thick, and then so you have an open on the top and open on the bottom. You put one of those sides on the ground. This is what this item looks like. You put one of the open open sides to the ground and so when you hit it with your golf ball you actually get like a real reaction the same way a golf ball flies from this thing if that is makes any sense is there a picture sense. you could show me <laughs> hang on oh okay i He's think going to you're get doing one. a good job describing it i'm just really struggling to understand what you're saying what you're getting at oh okay so instead of a ball it's you hit the, the a ring. It's like a cylinder. It's a cylinder. Yeah, it's like a cylindrical ring. ring. That's a, oh, the height okay. of a golf ball, and it's maybe uh, eighth of an inch thick, and it's yeah. made of yeah, PVC. Yeah, it's like the okay. Correct. So instead of hitting the wiffle ball golf ball, you hit this little cylinder cylindrical pipe ring section. Yeah. So 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 according to the company, the, who makes the whole it, sorry, the whole ha- open on the top and open on the bottom thing totally threw me. Well, off. I was trying to. I was trying it's a to describe pipe. I understand. Correct. So, according to the company, this hat when you hit it with a golf ball, if you hit it correctly, it ha- it causes the same reverse spin that happens when you hit a golf ball. Therefore, it flies very similarly to a golf ball, except for it only reaches a maximum of 40 yards before it falls. So, and then because it spins the reverse way, you can you can tell if you've hit a good shot because you can also hit it into a draw or a slice based on the way you hit it. This little thing, I bought them for twenty dollars on Amazon. Twenty dollars um, for one of I them? Think re- no, for twelve of them. Okay, okay, that sounds good. Usually they re- usually they retail for forty, but they were on sale and they're probably always on sale on Amazon. But whatever. Um, this little thing is really helpful if you want to practice golfing in your backyard because the let's as i said let's be honest those stupid little normal golf balls suck this thing actually gives you a real feedback to how you're hitting the golf club at the same time because it's you know relatively light and easy and whatever you can hit it in your house and it's not going to really break anything so i've nice. been i've been uh practicing hitting my golf ball in my house or in my backyard with this thing and just kind of, you know, chasing after it and just kind of whacking away, just trying to get my, my golf swing into form. So yeah, birdie ball. So I'm not a golfer, but can you use this with a driver, with your irons? They say you can, yes. Okay. Can you put it into a coffee mug? You cannot put it. <laughs> can you get your cha- cat to chase it around your house as you s- swing a golf club? My cat, my cat is highly intrigued by not the golf 
not the birdie ball, but by the golf club. And I'm like, please don't. Like, why must you be obsessed with the golf club? <laughs> That's the part that can actually hurt you. Like, chase after the ball and bring it back. Right. Fetch. But don't don't chase after the club head when I'm trying to swing it. So with, with that, um, I'm going to hand the mug over to Ober. Thank you, Ted. I just had the weirdest deja vu. Anyway, <laughs> I... <laughs> Um, you know, a lot of my handles, and maybe it's because I'm a bachelor, live by myself, do all my own cooking, but a lot of my handles seem to revolve around the kitchen. I don't know. Is that is that a bachelor means that you live by yourself? I, I think that's kind of implied, typically. I just like how you're like, I'm a bachelor, I live by myself. Yeah. I think we figured that out. Well, I mean, I could be bachelor with roommates, but I'm a bachelor who lives by myself. I cook my own meals. But uh, a lot of my handles are in the kitchen. Um, this is going to be another one of those. It might be because when we're recording the podcast, I can see my kitchen. So I'm like kind of struggling to think of what handles I should come up with. And I, I see my kitchen. That could be part of it too. <laughs> but, um, I recently acquired a cast iron skillet. Um, and it has revolutionized the way I cook in the kitchen. I use it. I sear a lot more steaks on it. I, um, really like that I can get it up to high temperatures before I put food in. I like how it has a lot of thermal mass, so it stays hot. It's great for, for frying things. Like if I wanted to do some like fried chicken or something like that, it's good to, you know, if you have a little bit of oil in it. Um, I was reluctant to get into the cast iron skillet game because I had one a few years ago and it got really rusty and I didn't, they are a little bit of work, but, um, I'll link the one I got in the show notes. It's it comes pre-seasoned and it's it's pretty low maintenance. The only thing yet is you just can't use soap on it. But um, I really you're like you're supposed to heat them up when you dry or when you're after done washing them. You're supposed to heat them up so all the water dissipates. That's why you're getting rust issues. Well, again, that was like 2012. So write a letter to 2012 Obert and explain to him how to take care of his cast iron skillet. But um, I'm really I'm really liking living the cast iron life right now. If I didn't have a cast iron skillet growing up, I don't know about you guys, but uh, I think they're kind of making a comeback nowadays. And uh, if if you want to get like a good, a solid sear on your food, especially if you like to make a, a nice steak or something like that, um, cast iron skillet or even better, a Dutch oven, maybe not even better, even a, another alternative, a Dutch oven. Mm. Um, I really am enjoying mine. Um, I've I've used it in addition to cooking steaks on it. I've also made some pretty banging fried rice because you can get that that pan pretty hot, put some oil in there, and get that going. Um, and I like how it kind of retains the flavor a little bit. So you can, it's really good for if you're going to do breakfast, you got that bacon and eggs, you get the bacon grease kind of soaked into the skillet. It's really nice. So what what are your maintenance tips of this thing? Obviously, you know, you've you said you've learned. So you know what? That's you don't that's use a good soap, point. But then how do you how do you clean this damn right, thing? Right, because I could. I could I could leave you with the half handle, but I want to go all the way. Um, what I do currently is when I'm done cooking, wipe it out with paper towel. I just rinse it with water. Um, it's even be- better when I can, if it's still hot, I can do what they do at the hibachi restaurants where they like use the, the steam. Like they just pour the cold water in the hot pan and it like all flash evaporates and you can use that to scrape all the, the, the junk off. But um, whenever I'm done washing it, cleaning it without soap, I take a little bit of olive oil on a paper towel and I wipe the inside so I keep it coated with oil at all times. Well, that, that seems to be pretty easy. Yeah, and it's working out pretty good. And, um, you know, 
they're pretty cheap on Amazon. It's it's something that I think should be in your kitchen if you have if you have the space. I'm a big fan of kitchen efficient, right? Like, you know, I don't get every kitchen gadget out there, but this is one kitchen gadget that's been around forever that I think deserves a place in your cupboard. And we should note that uh, you know, it's really useful if you have like a propane or a gas stove. That's true. It's they as far as I know they're not really good for electric stoves. Well, I have an electric stove and I do think it'd be better if I had like you said, some kind of a flame source because that's a, a, mm-hmm. an instant heat and it, and it would do a really good job kind of spreading that heat out. But even with my electric range, I really think it works quite well. Nice. Yeah, my yeah, my dad, big on cast that's iron true. things. Yeah. Cast iron and cooking in them. For sure. <laughs> but by the way, how do you keep from burning your hand? Um, well, they sell little... Use your they mouth. They sell little, little um, like kind of pot holders that go over the handle. So with that, Chris, why don't you top us off with frostiest of wisdom that you can muster. All right. So today I'm going to introduce you all to an app. It's a app that I've used on and off, sometimes more off than on. Uh, It's called (laughs) Untapped. It's called Untapped. Uh, Actually, I have been way off and on on Untapped recently. But anyways... um, it's an app that I've used off and on over the years, um, and that is My Fitness Pal. Have you guys used or played? I'm sure everybody's heard of it. Oh yeah, yep. yeah. My Fitness Pal. Yep. I feel like that that gets heyday was 2012. Right, and and that's why I'm that's why I'm saying it because you know we all know I I used to work out a lot and then I stopped and I did and I dab back and forth back and forth. Um, well now I'm in the I'm in the back or fourth. I'm in you're the in the one fourth. Where Chris is fourth this. right now. I'm, He's fourth, fourth, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and, but, he's, um, but he's graduated from the, the the A15 club to something cooler. Right, exactly. And um but anywho, it's a really it's a really easy app. That's why I always go back to it. You don't have to pay for it. You can pay for like premium. I never do. Um but if you're someone like me who really needs to visualize what you eat, um it, it helps me out by knowing, okay. If I eat this, it is this many calories. Because if if not, I'll eat a dozen donuts. I just will. I know myself. I've done it. Like, you know, I'll just eat a dozen donuts. But this, it's really easy to track your food, uh, track your water intake. If you have like a fit device, like I have my Fitbit, you can link it to your account and then it'll automatically transfer all the information over. Um, It's it's just easy uh, for me to and i think a lot of people to know to like know what's going on uh like keep track of everything be like hmm should i have this extra little snacky oh no i'm gonna go way over on calories or something like that um especially if you're aiming to lose weight and try to get in better shape so i think everybody's right by this time already heard of it and there's some really funny memes there's one meme in particular where it's like i typed everything i ate into my fitness pal and it automatically called an ambulance (laughs) (laughs) um but it's 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 a nifty tool to have, especially for free. Um, for sure, I know, think that's a good to... reminder too to people, you know, that it that it's out there and it's one of those like unsung yeah. heroes of the app world, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I've I've done the whole. I've done Weight Watchers. I've done all this other stuff, and Weight Watchers is great. But it's but no pal. Also, you have to you have to. It's not a pal, right? <laughs> but you also have it's to a watcher. pay money for it. So. Um, this basically is the same thing, just in calorie form. Not so I know you kind of mentioned like the whole dozen donuts as an example, but like mm-hmm. 
What were some foods that you were really surprised that you're like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. And, you know, maybe beverage, but I'd shy away from talking about how many calories we're all drinking here on the show. No, uh, that's that's one thing that is that's the toughest part is is because, you know, I enjoy a good beer and things like that. So uh, I don't know if you guys know that about you me. like beer, um, but be, yeah, it's crazy. But being able to have no idea, to, like plan ahead and like budget budget points or calories or whatever for beer anywho um ones that i remember back in the day when i did weight watchers i had learned that um for whatever reason the way the weight watchers uh calculated bud light points if you drank four bud lights it was the same amount of points as drinking three bud lights oh so it's like drink three get the fourth free (laughs) yes i think they've cleaned it up a little bit since then but i was super excited i was like I was like, "Hey, this fourth this fourth beer has no points. It's free. It's free." Yeah, I think they've cleaned it up a little since then, but like there's definitely food where you're like, "Okay, if I eat 36, it is 4 points, but if I eat like chips or something like that or like whatever, crackers, if I eat 36, it's 4 points, but if I eat 37, it's 5 points." Like you always go up until it's right before it's about to change. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But it does uh, it does work. Um, let me see. Foods like I mean donut, yeah, that's a that's a big one. I mean, um ones that you really don't think of is like a and this is going to sound weird, but like a banana. Like if you think of a banana, you're like, it's oh, a lot it's, of calories. It's it's not it's not even so much calories. It's just it's like a big stick of sugar. Like you know, granted, it's natural sugar. It's different than eating a handful of sugar. But still, if you're watching your weight, even the good sugar can be bad if you yeah. don't do anything with it. It's like so, eating a candy um, bar. I mean, it's it's really yeah. what it is. Yeah, it, it, and you don't think about it. You're like, oh, it's a banana. It must be healthy. But if you eat a banana and don't do anything, it's like eating. It's a big yellow like, candy maybe, bar. Maybe maybe. Maybe a fun size Snickers bar. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like eating a thousand banana runs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what other ones are like. I was like, damn, I would never guess. I mean, I think donuts always gets me. I think that's the big one is like, you know, on Weight Watchers, a, a glazed donut from Dunkin' Donuts was like 11 points. And I was like, fuck, that's like a quarter of what I get in a day. It's ridiculous. What about um, what about the flip side? Like, what is something where you like, hell yeah, I'll I'll munch down on these all day. Are you oh, like man, I haven't really peanuts had... in the shell? Hell yeah, let me crack into these. Uh, I I can I can answer that one kind of on Chris's behalf. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. So go ahead. One that surprises me of how little calories it is based on it's it's in the same realm as of donuts as to how bad people usually think it is for you. But a bagel is only about 210 calories, which you never really think of a bagel being that low in calories, but but it is. And a lot of people, I know like a lot of people always say, well, I can't stop eating a bagel or a donut for breakfast. Well, bagel is a lot, a hell of a lot better than a less donut. calories than a donut. And it's like, yeah. that, I, you can't really believe that they're that, they're that low in calories, but they are. I feel like a bagel is a lot more filling than a donut. Yeah, I mean, I can't eat 12 bagels. Right? <laughs> but I also think that you probably got to be good about not putting cream cheese and butter on them. Well, that's what I mean, kills you is the stuff you put on top of the bagel. Right. Yeah. Yeah, bagels aren't too bad. I mean, the ones I think I we have some in the cabinet, I think they're like 240 calories or something like that. But, you know, if you use the I can't believe it's not butter spray or whatever, that's it's zero calories. And like there's so much stuff you can do. Or if, Does it fry t- up an Fry up a nice little egg and Obert's um, cast iron pan and put that on top of the oh, bagel. there you go. 
Now we're talking. Then then you're but. only at an egg's only seventy calories, so you're yeah you're doing good. That's a you know three hundred and ten calorie breakfast. There you thing. go. Well, if you're gonna do that, you You've might as well just left go for day. like one of the low cal Thomas's English muffins. Also it's true. Those sodium. Are, those are a hundred calories. Too much as you sodium. T- I die. As you can tell, I'm a, I'm a big user of this app that Chris also uses. Yeah. <laughs> good. I'm not the only one. Well, thanks for your fitness pal advice, Chris. Yeah, there you go. Everybody be fitness palled. Be pals with fitness. <gasps> All right, so with that, we'd like to thank the breweries who provided today's beers. I will go first and thank Progression Brewing Company for their Upward New England Double IPA. I'd like to thank Burial Brewing and True Brewing for Treme. <laughs> not not Freem. <laughs> <laughs> for free. I want to thank Highwater Brewing for the campfire stout. <laughs> oh boy. Uh please make sure you're going over to social media and following us at DAWF Podcast. Uh that's Twitter, Facebook, Untapped, and Instagram. Make sure you also hashtag follow the email DAWF Podcast at gmail.com. Um also make sure you're heading over to our Discord and communicating our conversations over there. Uh please do that. That's awesome. We also have a Patreon. Make sure you're going on there and subscribing, especially if you'd like extra episodes where one of us one of us reviews a, a beer each week while we warm up for the show. Uh also make sure that you and we also, you know, we send a special message every week to our Patreon uh Patreon fans. And if you line up all those messages at the end of 72 weeks, you'll be able to win a million dollars, maybe. Million dollars? Not There's guaranteed. a chance. <laughs> There's a chance you could win all of what that What was money. the message from um, the, the Christmas story? You know, he had the Dakota ring. Do you guys know that movie? Shot my eye out. I shot my eye out. Yeah. The ring. I don't no, know what the Dakota I've never ring said. Uh, be- You've never seen it? No, I've never seen it. Oh, geez. Jordan, it's been a while. We're ready to come back and watch the movies. Be sure to drink your Ovaltine, listeners. That was the message. (laughs) Now that we've discovered that, um, make sure that you're heading over to iTunes, leaving us a five-star rating. And also, uh, if you're listening to the sound of my voice, I'm assuming that you've already subscribed. But what the hell? If you're in an Uber, that's what we always say. Go on to your favorite podcast app. Type in Drinking Little Friends. (laughs) Boom. That's what we always say. There we are. Um, other than that, if you guys have nothing else to say, my name is Tud. My name is Chris. My name is Obert. And remember, if you're drinking alone, do it with friends. How pissed would you be if you were that kid from the Christmas story? Throwing a blank on it. Ralphie. Macaulay Culkin. Ralphie. And then you found out that the ring you were looking forward to all that time you said, drink your own. And don't spoil it for our patrons. And also, this, and also. And me. What? Why? Do they call it oval team? Why not round team? Is it a glass? Glass is round. Can is round. Why don't they call it round team? It's gold, Jerry. It's gold.